When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? A, I'm a little bit under the weather, and B, we've had a really cool idea that we wanted to try for a long time. So this is it. This is the moment. We're trying it right now. We're doing a best of AMA series, the most amazing questions, and hopefully the most impactful and incredible answers. We hope you enjoy. Karina Groombridge, that's a cool last name. I was really impressed by your honesty when you were interviewing Jay Shetty. You said, if I were the interviewer I wanted to be, I would have asked this question earlier. It takes a lot of courage to admit your mistake during an interview, and I was wondering if you would tell me why you chose to share that when most would say nothing. Because uh, there's really two things. One, really truly, I took myself from scrounging in my couch cushions to find enough change to put gas in my car in a period where I felt hopeless and lost and alone, but was trying to be cool and trying to get people to think I was cool to building a billion dollar business and making myself fantastically wealthy. And the way that I did that was by going, yeah, I'm not going to try to look cool anymore. And I know that sometimes I am going to look dumb because I really don't know what I'm doing or what I'm talking about. And the only sort of saving grace and the only way to get people to be comfortable with me trying is for me not to try to look cool, to always admit when I'm wrong. Um, and because that changed my life, like really, I'll tell you the time that my mother told me I was a superhero. So my mother's essentially husband had heart surgery and they were stuck in the place and it was far from where they live. And he just was so itching to get home and they were stuck. Like for some reason, their, their flight home, they couldn't change. So they were going to be trapped there like another 48 or 72 hours. And she called me and she was very upset. And I just said, look, I'm going to sort this out. And I knew either I'm just going to throw money at the problem and be able to fly them home, or I'm going to be able to convince the airline to change the ticket. Either way, like they're going to get what they need. And so through a bit of both, I was able to change the ticket and send them home. And in that moment, when my mom is like, goes from crying to feeling, literally saying to me that I'm a superhero, I was like, holy hell. 10 years ago, I wasn't capable of that. 10 years ago, I would have been just as emotionally distressed and felt hopeless and not known what to do or how to help. So I crossed that chasm and it changed everything. It changed my life, it changed my family's life. I just can't overstate enough. You're capable of that change. And because I know everyone listening to this is capable of that change. And I want that change for them so sincerely that if I have to prostrate myself show people, I have the time, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I'm just fumbling through this. But because I'm willing to admit it, A, people will come to my aid. B, not trying to look cool means I never trap myself. I'm always willing to learn. I take all of my pride in being willing to admit when I'm wrong, that I take my pride from staring nakedly at my inadequacies. Now, the question is, why do I stare nakedly at my inadequacies? Because that is how you cross the chasm. Once you know what you're not good at, then you can develop those skills. But first you have to admit that you're not good at it. So I've just learned that one, all of that serves me 
by not trying to look cool, by always willing to admit when I'm wrong. Um, also, and this is advanced class shit, and you can forget this part, remember the earlier part, but advanced class, Stilo, part of it is saying it out loud, it stings a little bit, and so it holds me accountable, and it makes me wanna change that much more and actually become the interviewer that I wanna become. That's advanced class, don't focus on that for now, focus on the other stuff. Um, but knowing that you can change, dropping all the posturing and all that, and just really being who you are and always asking the questions, always being willing to admit when you're wrong, it, it will change you over time in a way you, you literally can't imagine. It will change you so profoundly. So yeah, um, I am committed to helping people because it makes me feel good and because I actually think we're living through a moment in time right now where a lot of people have a lot of attention and they're using it for some pretty rad stuff. So I want to be a part of that movement. Who am I kidding? I want to lead that movement. Um, but there you have it. All right, Mitchell Lawrence. I'm 27 years old and I feel that I'm too old to... I had to go back and read the age because I thought, did I misread that? Uh, I'm 27 years old, practically an infant. My brain only stopped developing two years ago. Okay, that's not in the question. Uh, and feel that I am too old to accomplish anything now as I feel you to be seen now as I feel you need to be seen. We've got some typos here. Um, I feel you, I'm just gonna read it as is and see if I can figure it out. I feel you to be seen, you have to be younger to get a scene or hired for a new career. So I, I, ballparking it, I feel like you have to be younger in order to get hired for a new career. That's my guess. Uh, what can I do? I feel like I am not past it to do something new in my life to stop the feeling that I don't have a chance to succeed if I try and start a new career. Okay, so let's break it down. One, you're insanely young, so we need to work just on your frame of reference because you're, you're dealing with something that really is real, and I'm gonna say probably starts in your mid-40s to early 50s is when people really start having a, they, in fact, I won't even say that, they, their preconceived notion before you begin speaking is that you are older, that you probably lack vitality, but the reality is lean in, don't tell anyone here, but I'm surrounded by a bunch of young whippersnappers. I'm talking kids in their like early 20s in some cases, and I outwork every last motherfucker here. I put in more hours, I go harder, I have more energy, more enthusiasm, so, and I'm 42. So it definitely isn't your age. There may be perceptions working against you, but if you come in and you have more energy, more vitality, more enthusiasm, more passion, and most importantly, more skills, which that should be compounding as you age, because even if you weren't learning the exact right thing when you were younger, everything you learn, no matter from what discipline, is gonna compound on itself and stack, make you wiser, make you more capable of doing something. Now. As you get older, and anybody out there listening to this, I really hope I have some people out there in, my, in the 60s, 70s if we can take it. If you stay fresh in your way of thinking, no matter how old you get, if you can cultivate that vitality, if your mind is sharp, and you're thinking about new shit, and you're pushing yourself, and you're not stuck in some dogmatic loop of things you've been thinking since you were in your 20s, and then people are gonna to turn to you for advice. I just interviewed an incredible human being. This guy's mind is whip it sharp. 71, 72, guy named Michael Ovitz. 
Anybody that's roughly my age and had any even vague interest in the film business will know exactly who Michael Ovitz is. And at one point he was known as the most powerful man in Hollywood. And let me tell you, even in his 70s, he had just had a knee replacement, he was moving slowly. His mind was there. And so talking to him and seeing how sharp he still was and seeing how he's reinventing himself. So starting in his 60s, I think, he went to Silicon Valley and started reinventing himself there. I mean, it's just absolutely extraordinary. So you're only going to get pigeonholed, seem too old at like first glance. If, if no matter how old you are, because let me tell you, I would sit at Warren Buffett's feet. Homeboy is in his 80s. I would sit at his feet with a desperate desire to learn because he's pushed himself. He's gotten extraordinary at something. He is thinking very deeply about things. He's always looking to challenge his own thinking so that he can get better and better and better. And so age isn't just a number. Age is about vitality. Age is about energy levels. Age is about what you know and what you're capable of. Because look, in fact, lean in. Little secret for you. Everyone around you is terrifyingly selfish. And that is the best news ever. The reason it's good news is they want something from you. They want to improve their lives. They want to get better. They want a, a feeling. They want you to help them feel better about themselves. They want you to help paint a vision of where they could go and what they could do. If you can make people feel better about themselves when they're around you, forget you. If you can make them feel better about themselves when they're around you, no matter how old you get, you will be surrounded by people. No matter how old you get, if you're extraordinary at your craft, people are going to want to be around you because they want to get good at it. The problem is people get stale. But you can get stale at 27, and you can be vital at 87. So this all comes down to how you manage your time, what you get good at, and how you push yourself. Yeah. Next question. Sebastian Manti. Hi, Tom. In his book, Deep Work, amazing book, Cal Newport states, the capacity for doing highly focused and intense work is limited around four hours per day. Do you think this is just a limiting belief? If so, how could one go to increase that limit? I think that is absolutely a limiting belief. First of all, there are inevitably going to be people that can do far more than that. But I will say that if you find that you're diminishing, because it really doesn't matter, like, what the max is that a human being can do, it's where are you at? So one, you can extend your limit by practicing meditation, meditating for longer and longer. I think you will find immeasurably that you're able to lengthen the amount of deep work that you're able to do that way. But I will say that I think that there is um, gonna be moments where your attention begins to waver, that you're having a hard time. Let's say that normally you can do four hours, but one day you just find after 45 minutes, you're no longer in that zone, you're no longer doing deep work. I got a great idea um, one time. Who did I hear it from? I am blanking right now. I heard it from somebody else. This is another brilliant person's idea. Brendan Bouchard. Thank you, Brendan. It was Brendan that said this, that he'll get up and go um, do some physical activity. I think he said he just walks around the room. What I do is I'll go, uh, if I'm at home, I'll go down to the gym and I'll do a couple quick sets that get the blood flowing, that get me totally focused and ready to go again. And I'll go back up and start working. Or if I'm not at home, I might do some sit-ups or push-ups or something that gets the blood flowing, that gets me refocused, re-energized, and then I can dive back in. So um, just finding that natural rhythm and never, ever, ever taking something 
somebody's word about, you can only do it for four hours because if you say that to yourself, then that's really what you're gonna do. Also, I will say that really deep, highly focused work is like everything, it is a scale. So it isn't on or off. So even at 80% of my max highly focused, I'm still fucking crushing it. So even if I find that I dip sometimes down into the maybe even 70% of where I could be, I'm still better off staying there and then you know going and shaking it up, moving around, um, doing something to allow myself to refocus, meditate, work out, laugh, um, take 10 or 15 minutes to you know, talk to the team, whatever it is that you need to get re-energized and go back and really attack it, um, do that. So the last, I don't know, uh, it, it hasn't been pure, but for the last probably about eight weeks, I've been um, really close to 110 hours a week, every week, uh, with a couple punctuated breaks in that. And man, I've gotten so much done. And because I've been having fun, and because like it's true Goggins moments where I am generating so much of my identity and pride and just like inwardly facing. I don't need other people to be proud of it. In fact, I get heckled for how much I work, but I get so much inward pride for being able to do it. And I'm looking at how much we're getting done. And it's like so fucking rad and it's so cool that I nothing. I think Cal is brilliant. I'm desperate to get him on the show. I'd love to debate this because the guy is so bright. In fact, we all know I would not debate him on the show. I would let him give his total take on it because he is amazing and I'm so grateful for his books. I just don't think ever putting a cap on something and saying that's all that's possible um, is ever really useful. But his whole notion of deep and focused work is like way more productive than just sort of flitting about. That is a take-home message that I think all of us should get behind. All right, Dayton Coons, I'm ready to cultivate a passion, but I just don't know what interest to start with. I've made a list of everything I could see myself doing with my life. I'm ready to do the work. It's at this point where I feel paralysis. I can hear you saying that it's better to run in the wrong direction, so true, than not at all, but I just don't want, uh, I just don't know how to alter my mindset to move in a direction. I don't know what I'm committed to, what advice you have for me. Okay, oh God, so just yesterday, just yesterday, we filmed with the legendary David Goggins. And dare I say, it was a better episode than the first. Is that fair? Fair. I don't wanna overhype it because I really want you guys to come into it fresh. It was awesome. It was so different than the first. We went totally new places. But David gave me something, I have the chills right now. He gave me something that I think is so powerful and I almost feel bad like giving this teaser, but it's, it answers your question so perfectly. David Goggins says, as you guys should know by now, that we all have the cookie jar, which are the amazing things that we've done, and then we have the bag of fuck. And that is all the things that have gone wrong, that we're terrible at, our insecurities, whatever. And he said, if people don't know what to be doing with their lives, they're not sure what to pursue, he said, just reach into the bag of fuck, pull out an insecurity, pull out something that you're bad at, Really stare at yourself about where you're letting yourself down. Don't worry about the rest of the world. Where are you letting yourself down? What do you know you should be better at for your own sake, for your own goals, regardless of what the rest of the world wants you to do? But for your own reasons, there's something in there that's bothering you about you. And he said, if you don't know what direction to go in, reach in and get extraordinary at that thing. And I'm telling you, I just know 
That will, will reward you over time in a way that I can't explain. Going in and getting joy and pride and passion out of improving yourself. One, it takes away all the pressure of I need some grand goal that I'm chasing. Self-betterment every day. Let that be the thing. Then there is no paralysis. There is only what bothers me about myself and what awaits you on the other side is loving yourself in a way that no one can touch. And the title of his new book, which trust me when I say go pre-order right now, I have read it, it is phenomenal, is called Can't Hurt Me. Now, when you look at that from the standpoint of becoming proud of yourself, of knowing who you are, of having security in what you're capable of and who you are and standing behind your identity and just feeling good about who you are. People can't hurt you anymore because you don't need their approval because you feel some kind of way about yourself and you know my whole thing, the only thing that matters in life, how do you feel about yourself when you're by yourself? So when he said that in the interview, man, I stopped cold. I have the chills again because I realized that is the ultimate answer. When you're not sure what direction to move in, move in the direction of self-improvement. Stare nakedly at your flaws and fix them one by one. Grace says, My name is Grace from Tanzania and I just turned 28 and for as long as I could remember, confidence and anxiety have played a huge part in holding me back towards getting far ahead into what I'm extremely passionate about, which is creating music, performing and being the best at it. I had released some work a year ago, faced a number of challenges since then, including time management, balancing my nine to five, music as well as finances since I'm an independent artist. But the more I think about my music career, that's when fear and anxiety kicks in. I get this voice in my head that I won't be good enough. What if I fall on my face? Will I be able to manage work and music at the same time, etc.? Basically a trillion questions because making a career out of music is such a big deal for me. What would be the best thing to do? So the best thing to do is to remember one very fundamental and crushingly true statement. The struggle is guaranteed. The success is not. So you know you're going to struggle. You know you're going to have to sit down at that keyboard, assuming that that's how you write your music. You know you're going to have to sit down, write these songs, and face that they may not be good enough, and face that no one may like them and face that you may just not be good enough yet and that you're going to have to practice and get better. But if you love that process, if you cultivate a love for that process to remind yourself that the act of getting better is part of what you like and then to remember how you want to touch people with your music, that you want to move them, that you want to make them feel more alive, when you're focusing on that stuff, then you've really got a shot at sticking it through and pushing past the fear, pushing past the anxiety, and then, and then, and then, really embrace one simple fact. You are going to fall on your face. You are going to fail an extraordinary number of times. And that's just the nature of the beast. Like people embrace one simple fact. The way that the human mind adapts is through trying something, failing, it hurts, it hurts, right? The pain is part of the process. It hurts, so you reflect on it. And as Ray Dalio said, pain plus reflection equals progress. You begin to understand what you're doing wrong. But it is the process of doing something wrong, understanding what you have done, which you have the willingness to look at, largely because it hurts and it sucks and you're not having fun and you want to get back on track to feeling good about it. And then you get better. But if you literally are so afraid of the feeling, the pain, 
that you don't even put yourself in this situation. You can't adapt. So literally, the quote, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, is that. It's saying that you're never going to get through the adaptation response because your fear stopped you from getting into the position of pain where the growth actually happens. And I don't mean that metaphorically. I mean the pain is the thing that's going to keep you focusing on the doing, the practice, the repetition, so that you don't have to feel that way again. Brock Richard. For the past couple years, I've been struggling to overcome my limiting belief that I'm awkward and that being introverted is a character flaw and will hold me back from achieving the life I dream of. This includes, but is not limited to, making a living writing, speaking, podcasting, etc. So I'm wondering what advice you would have for letting go of these beliefs and seriously improving my communication skill because I often struggle to find my words when speaking, talking to people, and it drives me insane because it reinforces those beliefs. Okay, so here we go. One The only real thing that is problematic is not knowing what you want. The fact that you know what you want, you are already way far ahead of where most people are. So that's just victory number one. Victory number two is you already have the tool that you need in order to let go of these limiting beliefs, which is recognition that the belief is limiting you. So I find that just having a reason, knowing that I live by a code of beliefs, and my code of belief is to only do and believe that which moves me towards my goals, the second a belief, no matter how true it might be, no matter how much I feel that I need to be punished and beaten up for having done something embarrassing or stupid or whatever, I just let it go. And I let it go because it does not serve me, and I have decided to live by that code. So anything that violates that code, I don't do. And that is I don't know how to like explain how freeing it is to actually live by a code, to actually say I'm going to be honor bound by this code and it takes care of everything like I get out of bed in 10 minutes or less to things like this where, you know what, some part of my brain is screaming and it wants me to feel bad forever about the fact that I'm not good enough, I'm struggling with my words, whatever the case may be, like the example that you're giving. And I just refuse to do that because it doesn't align with my code. And so all of a sudden, whatever weird voice that is that we all have, that negative voice that's supposedly trying to keep us safe, I can make it shut up because it doesn't match my goals. So hopefully that will work for you, that you're going to obsess over that. You're gonna think about what your code is. You're gonna write it down. You're gonna know what it is. And then you're going to act in accordance with that. You're only gonna believe things that are in alignment with that. So when you get there, then you ought to do very, very well. So that is very much my advice for how to get past that. And then if you wanna really get good at the thing that you're trying to do, not being able to find your words, all of that, that is about repetition. It's putting in the energy and the effort. Now here is the only heartbreak that I have for the I want it now generation. So I don't think there's anything with wanting it right now. I want everything right now. But if it stops you, from beginning a very long journey, then you have a problem. So you know me, fuck patience. Patience is is the great destroyer of dreams. Nothing has ever killed more dreams than patience. But you have to be willing to face a very long journey. So even if you're gonna go hardcore, you're gonna go all out, you're thinking about getting things done as quickly as you can, you can't ever be afraid to start a long journey because some things, no matter how hard and fast you're going, they're going to take an extraordinary amount of time. And that's awesome because you're getting better every day. It's not some binary thing where you're going and going and going and going and going for 10 years, not knowing if it's going to work. And then somebody says, oh, by the way, it didn't work. You're getting better and better and better every day, 
knowing more and more about where you should go, which way you should turn, where to jump, where to crawl, like all of it becomes more clear with every passing day, but you have to have the balls to begin down that process. And that's where people fall down. They don't have the guts to walk a long journey or, or not even guts. They don't have the emotional fortitude. They can't build enough desire into that thing that they supposedly want in order to face an extraordinarily long journey. So that's why I really believe in falling in love with the fundamentals. The fundamentals are fulfillment, getting better at things, doing things in the moment that push you. Like you have to love them at that level, not at the level of success, not at the level of achievement, not at the level of crossing the finish line. You've got to fall in love with them at the level of, I am a human being. That is the ultimate adaptation machine. And I get to adapt. I get to push myself along this journey where I'm going to get better. And every day I'm going to garner a new skill. And that skill is not theoretical. That skill actually lets me do something that is real and tangible and has an effect on this world. So you're going to get up. You're going to go to speaking classes. You're going to go to Toastmasters and you're going to talk all the time, all the time. You want to be speaking seven days a week. When you start doing something like that, if you're putting in three hours a day, seven days a week, all of a sudden I will know you are for real and you're going to start knowing that about yourself and you're going to start really gaining skills. And that's just the thing. Most people want it, but they don't want it that badly. You've got to want it enough to do the things it requires to become extraordinary. That is the reality and love that. Fall in love with that. Fall in love with the fact that you actually can become extraordinary and that it's really fucking hard because once you fall in love with the fact that it is hard, you begin to, as David Goggins would say, take the souls of the lesser mortals who are not willing to put in that energy. And in my darkest of moments, my dearest impactivist, in my darkest of moments, one of the things that helps me is to remember that in this moment, when I'm feeling down, almost everyone else breaks and I don't break. Not because I'm better, because I refuse to stop. It's not because I'm not bloodied and bruised and on the ground and in pain and emotionally suffering, but I have that core belief that says, you don't stop when you're tired, you don't stop when you're scared, you don't stop when you're broken, you stop when you're done. Next question. Delilah Monian. I'm trying so hard to find my why, my purpose, but every day I get more and more disheartened that it's never going to happen for me. I do everything right. I have good habits. I work out, meditate, pursue different opportunities, listen to podcasts every day, but nothing ever changes. If I don't know what goal I want to reach, how do I know which direction to move in? As I'm sure it's obvious, I'm lost and overwhelmed, but hoping you can guide me to where I need to be. Absolutely. And Chase is going to go back to the beginning of this and we're going to walk through step by step. All right. I'm trying so hard to find my why, my purpose, but every day I get more and more disheartened that it's never going to happen for me. Okay. So let's address that. First of all, this is a process of falling in love. And the more that you're trying, 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 grabbing, 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 push, 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 and I know you hear me say those words all the time, but the more that you're trying to do that, the less you're going to be able to hear that little whisper of, this is interesting to me. I like this. This is fun. 
And that's the voice that you need to hear. So you aren't playing right now. You're trying to, as Kevin Kelly would warn against, you're trying to prematurely optimize. Don't try to get good at anything yet. Just right now, go play. Go see what you like. Go see what you enjoy. Go see what sparks that little voice. And unfortunately, it will start like that. It will start as a little voice. It isn't going to start as something obvious. You're not going to stumble into something and be like, this is it. My entire life has moved me towards this moment, this thing. Nothing ever presents itself like that. It will present itself as a small voice. The only way that you're going to hear that small voice is if you're having fun and you're playing. So relax. You've got a very long life. And so the thing that you need to do with urgency is to play, is to let it go, is to stop thinking about the outcome and just start enjoying this moment right now, right here, to play at that. All right. I do everything right. False. And if you ever, 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 anyone out there, If you ever hear in your head, I've done everything right, why hasn't it worked? An alarm bell needs to immediately go off in your head because if it was right, it would have worked. And here's the thing that you have to understand and know that I give advice all day long. And yet, inside I'm always asking, where am I wrong? What am I doing wrong in this? I don't have the results that I want, so I know I'm wrong somewhere. And for everything that I've done right, building the billion dollar business. I realize now that I am on the absolute doorstep of having built my third million dollar company. And the only thing that I ask with regularity is what am I doing wrong? Because the truth is, if you're getting the results that you want, you're doing the right thing. And if you're getting the results you don't want, you're doing the wrong thing. And if you can constantly look with no judgment, no no suffering, no sense of humiliation or being less than, if you can look for your faults, if you can look for what you're doing wrong and really be open to that, that will change you. Maybe more than anything else, and I really do think the thing that changed my life more than anything was finally realizing that I just wanted to be right all the time. And that once I switched that to wanting to be the learner and being willing to admit when I was wrong and almost hungering to find out how I was wrong because if I'd gotten this far by being that wrong, imagine how much farther I could go if I could just get another thing right, if I could get rid of another blind spot. That's when everything turned around. So whenever I hear somebody say, I'm doing everything right, I know that you're being ego protective and trust me, I have compassion for it. I get it and the last thing I want you to do is just beat yourself up over it or entrench in and say, Tom doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't even know what I've done. He hasn't seen all the things that I've done. And when you can break from, this is what I've been told to do and I did it and I did it well. This is what I believed would work. I did it and I did it well. And only look at, but it didn't work and is therefore wrong. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you a bad person, nothing. It just means that particular strategy isn't effective. Maybe we all thought it was gonna be. Maybe it's everything everyone ever taught you to do and you did it and you did it well and it didn't work. Then things have changed and you've gotta be willing to change. But that sentence, I do everything right, is the absolute core of your problem. And when you can with joy love for yourself and enthusiasm, go, wow, this is crazy, man. I I did so many things that I really thought were gonna crush it and it didn't work. And then with all that joy and enthusiasm, go, cool. 
at least I know that didn't work, or I've got to do more of it, or I've got to tweak it slightly, or I need other people, or I have a blind spot here, whatever the case may be, but to really figure out what it would take, right? No bullshit. What would it take to X, Y, Z? And when you figure that out and then you try it and then you do another one, oh, either maybe that didn't work, even though you were certain it was going to. But unfortunately, most of the time, the things you were certain were going to work don't, and you have to start over. And oh, I forget who said it. Oh, I think it's Churchill, but I could be misquoting. Success is going from failure to failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. I work out, meditate, pursue different opportunities, listen to podcasts every day, but nothing ever changes. Now, this is an amazing gift that you've just given to everybody that's listening, and I want everyone to really think about this. Listening to podcasts, reading books, working out, meditating, none of it is necessarily going to change anything. It may give you some insights, but if you don't let it change you, and by that I mean that you immediately and fundamentally start acting, acting differently, doing, doing different things, then you have not changed. And if you have not changed by way of doing different things, then nothing will ever change. And my greatest fear with this podcast is that it's just spiritual entertainment and that people are moved, they're motivated, they're inspired, but they don't do anything. And I hope that you guys will quietly judge yourselves when you're all by yourself only by the things that you do. And if you do that and you're really looking to make progress and figure out where you're right and what is working, then you'll be able to do something really, really extraordinary because you're steering by results. So when the outside world does not seem to be changing, I promise the thing that isn't changing is you. And passing your eyes over a whole lot of books, your ears over a whole lot of podcasts, all of that, it doesn't make something change. And then also, there's almost certainly a lot that actually is changing in your mind because you're failing and you're learning and those failings are stacking up certainly as pain points. I can hear it in your question. And that pain will one day manifest into either giving up, being bitter, whatever, and it will calcify into something completely destructive. Or hopefully you will have that moment where the pain is too much, you cannot take it anymore, and you will literally surrender and say, eh, I'm not good enough. And once you surrender to, I'm not good enough yet, everything changes. Because then you'll focus on getting good enough, which is a beautiful journey, but it is a journey. It is not about reaching something or getting somewhere. It is about going on that journey. All right. If, ah, Chase, sentence by sentence, my friend. If I don't know what goal I want to reach, how do I know what direction to move in? If you don't know your goal, you will never be able to move intelligently. I mean, you can sort of scattershot around, but that everything starts with that. As I'm sure is obvious, I am lost and overwhelmed, but hoping you can guide me to where I need to be. Okay, at the end of the day, people can give you advice, they can give you mile markers, they can do all that kind of stuff, but the only thing that really matters is that you go and do the work. And while I'm eternally honored whenever somebody reaches out and says that I did something, I gave them an insight and it allowed them to go do something. Don't ever give me the credit for your amazing journey. And that is so important. 
You guys get to own your failures, but you also get to own your success. And so whatever you do, that's all you. Every insight, every discovery, even if it was you know, written down plainly in a book and you memorize it and you decide to live by it, it's the memory, it's the, first of all, you read the book, second of all, you memorized it, and third, you went and lived by it. Those are the important things, that's all you. And to let that hunger for knowledge fill you with self-esteem and to know that being a learner is in and of itself something that is so amazing and will serve you so wonderfully over time. That's the kind of thing that you can be proud of in yourself. And it does begin to stack. Like all of those failures that we were talking about stacking before and potentially stacking into just pain can also stack into knowledge and know-how and something that's ultimately going to propel you forward. And you just have to have the grit and determination to get through this period where you're learning and learning and learning, but you're learning from catastrophic failure. But it's such a profound teacher that to let it change you and morph you even though it's painful but to give yourself over to that process instead of being upset that you haven't broken through the surface yet but if you look at bamboo it grows underground for something like five years or some absurd shit like that and then for five years there's nothing that you see above the surface and then within like three weeks it shoots up to like 10 feet high it it those numbers probably aren't exact but they are so close it's Absolute madness. Years underground and then weeks to sprout up 10, 20 feet tall. It's absolutely insane. But you first have to build those roots. The roots are the knowledge. The roots is all the pain and suffering that you're going through. But if you learn from it, then you will be able to eventually break the surface. And all of a sudden, it will seem like an overnight success. 12 years in the making. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.